0: And guys, I'm talking to the men now, Carol. (laughs) Settle down. Those of you that were at the conference, this is what we're going to do. Those of you that were at men's conference, I'd like to hear from you tonight. He asked us every session, take home, what's your take home, what's your take home, what's your take home? What did you take home? That's what I like to hear. Now you know how it's going to be done. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to give you ample opportunity this evening. If it goes until 8 o'clock, that'd be great. If it doesn't, I might have time to finish Nehemiah. But I'd like to hear from you guys. I think it would be really, really good. Because sometimes I find God speaks to me, and and you you just, that was cool, right? I mean, that's the way it needs to be. When God is speaking in our hearts and in our lives, we need to write it down, but we need to Get it in our heads, but then we need to get it on our lips. Get it out. You probably already shared it with somebody else, so it shouldn't be too difficult. But I would like to give you just just brief. Just that was perfect. I'll give you 20 bucks later. But that was just exactly what we're looking for, okay? So you think about it. It doesn't have to be a sermon, but it needs to be something that God has really revealed as a take-home for you, Okay? number of things that we can be praying about. And um, next weekend, just so that you're, and I forgot this morning to share, we'll probably send out an email, let the rest of the people in on it. This is the week that Sandy and I go away for conference, and uh, we're going to be going to Indiana. And uh, just because misery, you know, loves company, uh, we're going to take Breanne with us. And uh, so she gets to experience 50 hours in the car with the Hakenins. Not quite, but anyway, it's close. Yeah, it's going to be a long haul. So are we going to make a reality TV show? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, we could, but anyway, um, all the way to uh, uh, Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, we will leave here Friday morning at five. Conference starts on Sunday afternoon at six. It's thirty hours, uh, so you can pray for Brienne. Um, it is going to be. It's a. It's a university level course that she's going to be taking, and um, it actually is accredited. But uh, the material is remarkably helpful. And so anyway, we'll be out there, and so next Sunday we'll not be here in our place looking for it. I don't want to leave. I'm excited about what's going to take place. We've got New Brunswick Bible Institute coming in the morning, Uh, music team with Steve Wagstaff. Steve's going to be sharing communion in the morning. And uh, so it's just going to be a great morning for you and uh, one of our missionaries, and uh, so that's kind of cool. We can get a bit of an update what's been happening there at New Brunswick Bible Institute, and then in the evening uh, we have Maynard McBrady. Now I don't know when the last time you heard Maynard McBridey speak. It's been a while since he's sp- spoken here. He's been coming out on on Sunday evenings here for quite a little bit, and uh, anyway, talking to him and and only as Maynard he'd say, "Wow, brother." You know, if there's other missionaries, you can feel free to let them do it. And I said, Maynard, you're it. So Sunday night, I hope there will be a great crowd out. I think you'll really enjoy that. So it will be a great, great time next Sunday. Um, we just found out this afternoon that Earl uh, Jensen went into hospital um, with some heart issues. I uh, don't know any more than that at this point. He's been having some chest pain. And uh, so let's be mindful of him, and especially during this time, um, that they can find out what's taking place, and continue to pray for the Henderson family, and i um, talking with the uh, sister, her name again, Sandy, Cheryl, um, daughter of Doug, and uh, just very, very open, and they both plan on being out to church again here real soon, so... Uh, let's be praying for them uh, during this time especially. So anything else that we can remember in prayer? Yes. We've got an update there on Frank. Uh, Dimitri. he's
1: doing quite a bit better. Uh, he's, uh what I would say, doing what he's supposed to be doing, but he does have open-heart surgery Tuesday at 8 o'clock.
0: So for Frank. Yep, Carolyn McCready's coming along. Let's continue to pray for her. All right, let's pray together, and then men, <clears throat> let's hear from you. All right, dear God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity this evening. A variety of things that we are so grateful, and as Jeremy reminded us, ten thousand reasons. Um, probably not too many years ago for all of us that we could give not to trust you. Uh, But really, when we look back now, it's like we can't think of a one reason why we shouldn't. You have been so gracious to us. God, we thank you. We love you for all the various ways and the things that you do that we, we know and the things that we don't even know that you are still doing. We thank you so much for that. We present to you a host of people today that need that special touch from you, and uh, we pray for the Henderson family. <clears throat> we continue to pray for Eugene, and we think tonight of Earl, that you will just be a great encouragement to he and Dorothy during this time, especially that they can get to the bottom of whatever it is that's creating the challenges for him and uh, find a relief for him, and uh, we just pray especially for that and uh, again for the variety of other things that are going on um, here at church as we prepare for uh, the Easter uh, special here and just a number of things that are going on. We are excited about what you want to do in and through us. We pray for our missionary family. We continue to ask that you work in special ways, um, that they recognize it's from the hand of God, and um, we just thank you for them. Protect them as they prepare for a week ahead as we are. And, God, I pray that you'll go before us uh, in these days. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've heard one. Gentlemen, right here.
2: uh, You've you've heard already the topic of the weekend was leadership development. And in the last session, uh, Dr. Sager spoke about servant leadership And I think in many ways, I've considered myself a bit of a servant leader, maybe because I just consider myself a willing leader to step into different positions, whether it's at school or with our track group, et cetera. But one of the things that he said to us was, if you want to be a servant leader, you've got to identify those that you are serving and and continuously ask, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking in terms especially of my role with my students at school i'm I'm really good at telling the students what they need to do for me. you know here are the assignments, here are the due dates, here are your responsibilities here's here's where you where you need to be next and and uh you know a, a lot of times there's an administrative part of of leading and assigning responsibilities to others, but it was a real good reminder to me to ask that question. What can I do for you? And uh, that's just kept me thinking. And I did. I When I got home, I turned to Beth and I said, what can I do for you? And she seemed very suspicious of that.
3: <laughs> um, there, was, uh, there was many things. I mean, when you start to think about it, and as you were saying, and you probably told other people. And so... Um, one of the passages that he, that the speaker spoke from was Acts 11, I believe it was, 24 to 26. And it was when uh, there was a great multitude being saved in Antioch. And if I'm sure he said, you know, times were busy. And, uh, and I think many times you see the business glorified and people talk about their business. They're always so busy. We're always so busy and we never get anything done. And, but what he brought out was that Barnabas left that crowd. That busyness. Everybody was getting saved. I'm sure there was tons to do, and he went then to look for for Saul and to bring him back. And then he spent time training and working alongside of Saul for that for a year, there, obviously helping him out with the busyness, and yet he prioritized that uh, over maybe drowning himself in in the busyness. And so it, it became an opportunity to uh, to reach out. Um, and the other thing was in in, in regards to time man- management as well. And I really, in particular, liked his. Uh, his illustrations that he used from a uh, from missionary work, where when and he was a kid, and, uh, and he talked about the people would carry on in their on their heads in baskets all the things it might be rocks or sand or materials, and when they would carry the materials, they would put rocks and sand at the same time in the basket, and he's and he asked the question, what do you think they would put in first, the sand or the, or the rocks? And so, um, and he said, "Well, the reality is they put the rocks in, which are the big things, and then the sand would fit in nicely around them. It would actually make the load uh, easier to, to carry." And he meant that in your time management of putting, first of all, uh, defining the big things in your life that you have to do, and then you'll have a room to put around the small things. But if you spend your time just focusing on all the many small things you have, you'll never make room for for the the big items and perhaps the more important things.
0: Good. Someone else? Got two. Got one way in the back. I'm glad, you, I'm glad Terry, that you were going to stand because I learned something about Terry and Alan. They love music. And they were, they, they couldn't get enough of the music. I was down by myself, and then all of I noticed, these guys are right there with me, and they're just, they just love the music.
4: You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It was a tremendous weekend. I thank God for MBBI. Some traveled, I understand, from PEI, or might have been further down, way down Maine. We just had a mile or two to travel. <laughs> and, uh, and they came in a storm mm-hmm. and whatnot, but uh, no, you're right. The music was unbelievable. Did we have a, a head count? How many were there? 100, 200? Dave, do you know? Our students and teachers. I think. Rose said 327. 327 men. 327 guys. 275. 280 guys. But when you started singing and all mm-hmm. those guys started singing, it was like you become a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> really? And uh, it, was, it was just excellent. The whole weekend was excellent. I had to leave a little early at noon. But anyway, the whole weekend was excellent. And everyone was just full of God's power, you know, in the weekend. And I want to add, no matter what you hear people say, I did not dance. <laughs> now, mind you, I had a problem to hold my feet still. But uh, the singing was tremendous, and it was a great weekend.
0: Yeah, I picked that one up real quick all by myself.
3: I guess the thing I took from it was that even I can be a leader, and Mm. I should, with God's help, I should be looking for something to lead Mm. Uh, One thing that I brought home was uh, we learned that there were two words for time in the scriptures. One is referring to days and months and hours and so forth, which we need to watch. Uh, But the other one refers to opportunities and seasons, Uh, for instance, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that was really, really important to me as we think about how we use our time. We a lot of times just consider the clock in our society and in our culture But we need to understand the opportunities and seasons that God gives us to serve. Amen.
1: We pretty well covered it all, I think. But uh, one thing that really uh, was brought home to me concerning levels, levels of uh, maturity. And we talked about discipleship, and we also talked about mentoring. uh, And that goes on. No matter at what level you're at, because you can be a disciple and you can also be a mentor, uh, because of you know levels of where people are at in their in their spiritual walk, and that uh, tells us that even in the Church of Jesus Christ, and, and especially in a church this size, there could be a lot of discipling and mentoring going on with quite a few people. And I'll tell you, how exciting would that be? How exciting would that be? because I know I do a lot there at Old Dutch. I I talk to people a lot, and it's very, very, I would say, exciting to see what goes on. Uh, You know, some of the reactions probably aren't what you want as a Christian sometimes. Sometimes it's a 180. Uh, But at the same time, I've found that most people, uh, we're living in a day and age where there's a lot of pressures, a lot of problems, as you know. People are looking for something better, and we can show them not something, but someone who is better, Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful that uh, we can do that. We can understand what the Bible says. We can put it into our shoe leather, as Mr. McKim would say, and uh, let people know that we're serving the, uh, Christ. So this can be done everywhere, uh, anywhere, and especially in the local church. I really think that that would be uh, an exciting thing to see that go on here on, you know, on, on an ongoing basis and seeing people develop and grow, and then, of course, more praise going to the one who is deserving of it.
0: Anyone
5: else? You know I was the most bashful guy in the world but you wouldn't think it. I blurted off this morning and I got a few things to say tonight. <laughs> you know, I when I when I looked around down there this weekend I thought, you know, we're not alone in this. We're not alone in it. I mean there's brothers and sisters everywhere that we don't think that's there you know when when uh, Steve Summers gave his testimony and I thought wow you know we go from day to day Sunday to Sunday and we keep meeting and doing our things and and we think everything's going fine but you know we have brothers and sisters that are really hurting in the lord really hurting and we need to take them to the lord to to uplift them to keep them how how do you pray for someone if you don't know what's going on you know and i was so glad that steve gave that testimony so that man when i when i get down to pray i can really put meat to the prayer for him for what he's going through uh, the ministry that he's in and he's he's trying to get going and he needs to be prayed for and and when when the when the speaker talked about Coming alongside and and hooking onto to someone that that is further down the road than you are uh, to, to mentor you and bring you along, and you hook onto to somebody that doesn 't know quite as much you know as you do i don 't know who that would be, but bring them along too. you know we need to do that if we all begin to link up and mentor I've i 've seen it happen to me when I got saved. Nobody come alongside to mentor me. Nobody. And I've seen it happen in churches around here. Somebody will come in and get saved, and that's it. They're on their own. It's like if you had a baby, you wouldn't feed it some milk and then throw it out. Now you're on your own. You know what to do. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. that's not it. Brothers and sisters, we really need to buckle down and do what Jesus Christ commanded us to do. (laughs)
0: Well, to be honest
3: there, when he he started the first session I was sharing with Keith this morning, and leadership come up on it, my heart kind of went, wow. I've sat in a lot of leadership courses, and I've even had Keith teach leadership, so I (laughs) have had a lot of different exposure to it, but... uh, it was really neat because I've never experienced a leadership conference seminar with men that I want to lead me, right? And then when you look around and as you interacted through the course of those two days, it was like, wow, hey, you know, you can do this. You can, you know, hey Terry, you know, I, I want you to be involved. You know, Alan, you know, I want you to be involved. And, and I've never experienced that. And uh, I kind of thought it was neat. I come up behind Wayne and Alan as we were heading for coffees, and I grabbed him by the belt, <laughs> and I said, Where are we going?
0: Way. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to lunch. <clears throat> and the food was great, too, all along the way. Uh, those of you that are staff here from New Brunswick Bible Institute, two things. One, thank you. You've already been thanked. Secondly, take what you're hearing back to the boardroom. It's amazing what the guys have picked up. Not everybody picked up the same thing. But we all picked up something. Ladies, I'm not exactly sure where this conference is coming, but I think it's a ladies' conference that they do down there in the fall, isn't it? And it's one of those things where it's in our backyard. I, I couldn't believe it. I talked to one of the local pastors. The only embarrassment was there wasn't many local pastors here. I, I just, So anyway, I talked to one, and he came up to me and says, Where is everybody? And I says, Well, you and me, we're here, buddy. And then afterwards, he came up to me and he says, I can't believe it. Because both of us are kind of newbies here and, and we've kinda, we're transplanted here. And he said to me, he said, I can't believe this. He said, I just drove down the road. I didn't even know this was here.
2: Huge.
0: Men getting together. Ladies, I, I hope we're not boring you. Where in the world will you ever hear men for 15 minutes one after the other talk about God and what God spoke to them about? That was huge. So my friend, I don't know. I I, I just kind of, I sat back there and and this morning when we were singing in here this morning I just got thinking a little bit, wow. God wants to do something with us. Are you understanding the concept here? It's kind of like, this is our time. God's bringing us onto the same page. We're talking the same kind of things. We're thinking about discipleship. We're thinking about going out into the community. This is, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm not much of a, I don't get, well, yeah, I, I guess I do get wound up. But I'm not really emotional kind of guy. Like, I, I don't live on emotion. I don't live on feeling. I want to see facts. And if tonight is any indication, ladies and gentlemen, we better fasten our seatbelt. Because I really believe God wants to do work. Young and old, this is our time. And your men are going to lead it. Right, guys? That's our role. That's the way God designed it. And I can say that without fear of being politically correct. Because it is correct. Truth is truth. That leads into where we are tonight. Nehemiah. Let's finish up. You get your Bible out there. We're in chapter 12 and 13. As I was looking at this, and we, we, we know we've got that wall built, and we know that there's so much more. God wants to do more than just brick and mortar. God wants to do things in our lives. And so the last half of this book, he's been preparing men and women for the job ahead. And at this particular point, we come to these final two chapters. And I found this little thing, and I, I, I really think it really resonated with me. This is what the final two chapters of this book have to talk about. If we wait for the moment when everything is absolute, everything absolutely, everything is ready We're never going to begin. You read these last two chapters and they look almost like it's a tagline. It's like, uh, maybe this shouldn't have been in there. Why are we talking about all this stuff and all these names and all these volunteers and all these different responsibilities and blah, 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 blah. And they finally get to the place in chapter, that final half of chapter 12. We get to verse 27 and they dedicated the wall. It's a picture of that wall that they built around the outside perimeter of Jerusalem. Now, it's not identical. It's just man's understanding of what it could look like based on what we have in Scripture. They didn't have Google Air at that time. But I think it gives you a little bit of an understanding of what was going on. And as we get down into this, we're there now. It's time. This is it. We're going to do it. And how do they start? And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem. Remember, half of them were out in the the suburbs and whatever, and they bring them all in. They get them all together, and they have a celebration. There's something about celebrating God. I'd like to just kind of introduce something to you tonight. I've used it numerous times. Maybe you haven't caught it yet. Sunday morning needs to be a celebration service. It's when the people of God come from wherever they are and we get together and folks, this is when we celebrate. And how did they do it? Wow. With gladness. Dedication and gladness. My friend, when we come into the presence of God, where is the joy of the Lord? I understand, my friend, not everybody has things to praise God for. I get it, I think. But we, the people, need to prepare ourselves. I think one of the missing ingredients today on Sunday is that the people of God have not prepared to meet with God on Saturday night. We haven't taken the time to prepare our hearts and to be ready. We're waiting for somebody else to do our work. They celebrated with dedication, with gladness, with thanksgiving, with singing, Uh uh-oh, and other things. Do you see those other things? What do those other things do? Oh, my. Can you believe it? Look at it. They made a racket. Symbols, harps, lyres. And that's not like people that tell fibs, right? There was instruments. The guys were talking from the Miramichi, the river, the river people. Whatever. And they say what they do is they get together and they just have a hoedown, haydown, whatever it was. I don't know. You remember those days, don't you, folks? You remember when we used to get together in the big family dues? and instead of watching a video where everybody has to, shh, quiet. There was instruments all around and they were making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now, folks, we're not getting radical on you. Don't worry. It's okay. I know who we are. But I think With the joy of the Lord in our heart, it's going to resonate all through our service, no matter what it is on Sunday morning. But my friend, that is something here. They got to the place where we built this wall. What did we build it for? And now they're about to dedicate it. And we see here, um, there's a bunch of people again. They bought a bunch of singers and they gathered them together from the district surrounding Jerusalem, from the villages of all these other places. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and they purified the people and the gates and the wall. This is, this is something that is, I mean, Sunday morning is not one of those things that we should just come in the way we are. We ought to be prepared. We ought to already be thinking we're coming into the very presence of God. One of the things, young people, I want to encourage you, when you do your youth service, will you stop and pray before you do it? Will you be praying in your practices? Will you be thinking about the fact you are going to actually stand between God and the people and you are going to lead us? Where? To the throne room. How can you do it if your heart is only in a performance. It's not about a performance. It's an interesting thing. I've seen lots of concerts and so have you, and there's been some that just bless my socks off. They can't even sing, and it's just a blessing. And then there's others that have just unbelievable harmony, and you walk away as cold as you came in. I think it's got something to do with the individual who's presenting, don't you? They're clean. They're purified. They've stood, and they're with God, and it just comes out. What a wonderful thing. This is what they were preparing for. And the moment came when they had the opportunity. And it says in verse 31, and they brought the leaders. I wish that uh, Elton was here tonight. They brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall, and they appointed two great choirs. Two great choirs. And they gave thanks. If you look at the map up here, you'll see that Ezra took one group. And he went south and then turned north. And then if you go a little bit further in verse 38, And the other choir of those who gave thanks went north. And Nehemiah went with them, the other half of the people. And they went the other way. But as far as I can tell, now, there's somebody that's a lot more astute than I am. They didn't go all the way around. That's a question. I don't know. But I do see this. Look at the end. Verse 43, after we get through all these names of people again, it says, And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. And look, it wasn't just the guys. The men and the women were also... Can you imagine this host of people up on the wall and all the people around, inside the wall, outside the wall, listening to these people sing? And I can only envision... I don't know, I've seen a little bit of Jewish stuff before and those guys there... Terry, you'd fit in. They dance. They dance. And they had it all. They were just wound up praising God so much so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. And I don't know, but when you look at that, the sound would travel, wouldn't it? The sound of praising God. Now, not only is it a musical thing, but it's an evangelistic element, isn't it? Going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ is one of those things you can't do with a glum face. Because why in the world would you want to give that to somebody else? It's like, hey, would you like the flu? No, I don't think so but it's an amazing thing when you have somebody that is so in tune and so excited about God that they can't help themselves. You listening? You have a choice. My friend, we have a choice. Do we not? I can sit under the circumstances as it has been said. Or I can decide to serve the living God and put a smile on my face and be able to go out into this crooked and perverse world knowing that I have the message that can change lives. And that can be sounded around the countryside. Man, if there's one thing that needs to be heard, come Easter Sunday. Have we talked about that this week? Easter Sunday. We're going to have three quarters of you up there. We need some people to sing to. And when you sing, please don't make it look like it hurts. If you can't sing, just smile. We'll smile along with you. But I think when you sing some of these songs, I've been listening some of the words. If you listen to the words and you get past whatever the genre is for music and you get into what the words are and you realize that there's people out here that are listening that do not know the truth, my friend, I can't think of a better opportunity than for us to be able to sound out the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They dedicated the wall. You would think that would be it, wouldn't you? But no, we had to do chapter 13. Well, here we go. Chapter 13. Why do we have leaders? That was kind of my question that as I was thinking through. Or maybe you would like to call it a strange thing happened while I was away. If you look at verse 6 and 7, you get the backdrop of what happened. They had all this going for them. Everything was in place. Nehemiah had to go back to Babylon. Nehemiah went back to Babylon. We don't know for how long. And while he was away, the cats will play. We understand we always need leadership. This is a huge element. And as a leader, for those of us that are, that are in that, we have that title. Worse yet, we just are. And so you have to understand there is no time off. We're on call. And Nehemiah comes back from Babylon and he sees these four areas. Remember the vow they made before God in a previous chapter? Almost every one of these things is lacking. Let me read a little bit. We'll make a few statements and then we'll go home. On that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people and it was found written that no Anamite or Moabite should ever enter the assembly of God. For they did not meet the people of Israel with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them. Yet our God turned the curse into a blessing. And as soon as the people heard the law, they separated from Israel all those foreign descent. These people. This was what they were supposed to have done. Now before this, the priest who was appointed over the chambers of the house of God and who was related to Tobiah. Remember Tobiah? Tobiah. Where was he? He's not new. Was he a good guy? Mm, no. He's related to Tobiah. He prepared for Tobiah a large chamber where they had previously put grain, the grain offering. We're talking in the temple. The frankincense, the vessels, and the ties of grain, wine, and oil, which were given by commandment to the Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and the contributions for the priests while this was taking place. I was not in Jerusalem. I'd gone away. And after some time, I asked leave of the king and I come back to Jerusalem and I discovered that the evil, what's his name? Anybody want to pronounce that? Uh, Eli something. And what they had done for Tobiah. He'd left this guy in charge and he let Tobiah into the, it's kind of like letting a fox into the chicken coop. And he's preparing him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. And verse eight, Nehemiah, and I was very angry and I threw a hissy fit. All the household furniture of Tobiah, I flung it out of the chamber. Then I gave orders, and they cleansed and they cleansed the chambers, and I brought back the vessels of the house of God with the grain offering and the frankincense. Leadership do tough things. I also found out, secondly, that there were portions of the Levites that had been left to the Levites had not been given to them. So now we're looking at missing funds. And the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled each to his field. There was nothing for him to eat. So I confronted the officials and said, why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together, set them in the stations. Then all Judah brought the tithe of the grain, wine, and oil back into the storehouses. And I appointed a treasurer over the storehouses. We see these different people that he puts in, in control. For they were considered reliable, and their duty was to distribute to their brothers. Verse 15, In those days I saw in Judah people treading wine presses on the Sabbath, and bringing in heaps of grain, and loading them on donkeys. Also wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of loads, which they had brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath. And I warned them that the day when they sold, I warned them on the day when they sold food. Tyrants also who lived in the city brought in fish and the kinds of goods and sold them on the Sabbath to the people of Judah in Jerusalem itself. Verse 17, then I confronted them, the nobles of Judah, and I said, what is this evil thing that you're doing profaning the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers act in this way? And did not our God bring all this disaster on us and on this city? Now you're bringing more wrath on Israel by profaning the Sabbath. Verse 19, and as soon as it began to grow dark at the gates of Jerusalem before the Sabbath... I commanded that the door should be shut and gave orders that they should not be opened until after the Sabbath. And I stationed some of my servants at the gate that no load would be brought in on the Sabbath day. Then the merchants and the sellers and all kinds of wares lodged outside of Jerusalem once or twice in verse 21. And I warned them and said to them, why do you lodge outside the wall? If you do so again, it sounds like Mrs. Wagstaff, I will lay hands on you. From that time on, they did not come on the Sabbath. Then I commanded the Levites that they should purify themselves and come and guard the gates, keep Sabbath day holy. Remember this also in my favor, O my God, and spare me according to the greatness of your steadfast love. Finally, in those last days, I also saw the Jews who had married women. Of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab, and half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod, and they couldn't speak the language of Judah, but only the language of each people. And I confronted them, and whoa, cursed them, beat some of them, and pulled out their hair. Woo-hoo-hoo! And I made them take an oath in the name of God, saying, You shall not give your daughters or sons, or take their daughters for your sons or for yourselves. Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin on account of such women? Among many nations there was no king like him. He was beloved by his God, and God made him a king over all Israel. Nevertheless, foreign women made him even to sin. Shall, then, shall we then listen to you and do all this great evil and act treacherously against our God by marrying foreign women? And one of the sons of Jediah, the son of this other guy, the high priest, was the son-in-law of who? Sanballat. Therefore, I chased him from me. Remember them. O oh my God, because they've desecrated the priesthood and the covenant of the priesthood. Thus I cleanse them from everything foreign. I established the duties of the priest, the Levites, each in his work, and I provided for the wood offering at the appointed times, and for the first fruits. Remember me, O oh my God, for good. Wow. Well, Nehemiah got angry, he threw furniture, he shut doors. Um, man, he confronted, he ordered, he warned, he threatened, he cursed, he beat, he tore the hair out, and he chased him. Welcome, leadership. Aren't you glad that Nehemiah is not your pastor? Leadership sometimes has to do tough stuff. I don't know about you, but I it, it's... It's it's difficult to lead today. You know how much we love our kids, right? But you ever get tired of saying no? Yeah, I mean it's like it's like, come on, we've gone over this. Make your bed. You ever given in to your kids? Does it help? Not for long, comes back in spades. No pun intended. There are three prayers in there that were nestled in. I read two of them, one I forgot. Every time he did that, there was a prayer to God. There are some times when, you know what? We have to get up close and personal. And we have to stand up in the corner. Because if we just let things go, nature does take its natural course, doesn't it? It's kind of like water. Water will go the most unbelievable places when let go. It's supposed to stay in a pipe when it's in your house. Trust me, I know that now. Water outside of the pipe for any length of time does not fix itself. It ruins everything that gets in its way. Leadership is huge. A few observations and we're done. Being a leader is tough, hard work, and it needs constant attention. People require They need spiritual leadership. Hey, folks, you remember the analogy of a chain? I'm in the chain. Your deacons are in the chain. We have people that also hold us accountable, right? No one is left on their own in this game. We all need guidance. We need people around us that are going to help us. A little leaven ruins the whole lump. We've heard that. I won't go any further. Most issues or problems are identified. Don't know what I was trying to say there. I got too many words in there. I do know that. Ah. Most issues or problems are identifiable, right? That's the reason why leadership needs to come alongside. There was a time in that chapter when Nehemiah stumbled into the problem. It didn't come to him by way of a memo to the platform like Larry had tonight. You're in trouble. It came because Nehemiah was walking the wall. Nehemiah was in amongst the people. He was able to hear that something happened. The priests and Levites were getting their stuff. How would he have known that if he hadn't got around them when he got off wherever he was and he was able to be around? That's something you've got to help this pastor with. You've got to help your leadership with. Don't wait for us to come find you. Call us up. Work with us. Because if we can fix it, if we can help you, we want to help you. Leaders pray more than on Wednesday p.m. That was a take I got out of those three little prayers. They just seem to be like he's on the go and he's praying. Uh, He ushers up this prayer to God. God, 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 do this. He'd done that before, right? Right from the very beginning, he ushered up that little prayer just before he went into the king the first time. We've got to be men and women of prayer in leadership. How many times have I sat in a counseling room and partway through, I'm like, dear God, if you don't show up, we're in serious water here. I have no idea where this is going to go. We need to be dependent upon Almighty God. And then I think as I read this chapter, leaders face the problems head on. Can I say that again? Leaders... We need to face the issues head on. Think about it. If there's a problem and you're it, do you want me to go over and talk to somebody else to see if I can get some information out of them before I come and talk to you? We need to talk. That's, that's what that's all about. We need to be there. Now, we have to do this in love. And I got to say this, okay? Because, like, some of you already, are like, whoa, is he going to take this style and take it to the nth degree and start kicking people? And I don't think that's the point of the message. But I think the point of the message is that he's going to confront, we need to, it's severely, and we need to eradicate whatever that situation is. It's got to be stopped. And it has to be more than just education. You could talk to you blue in the face, but sometimes it's just got to be stopped. And sometimes there's consequences. I'm going to say it here, and please listen carefully. That's what church discipline is supposed to do. Because it's the most loving thing that you can do for a brother or sister in Christ. That's the environment where you can sit an individual down And let them know how much you love them. You can make that statement just like you did with your kid. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And you understand it as a parent. But there are times. And I'm glad that I'm able to present this chapter without any illustration in mind at the People's Church. That's what makes this one really easy to preach. I'm so thankful for you. But I think from my standpoint, my take home on all of this is that. We've talked about it long enough. I've gone way over my time. We come back in February we're gonna to begin to implement. First one, you've noticed already in your calendar, is a chairperson's meeting. Every committee has a chairperson. The 27th of February, between 9 and 10 a.m., your presence is expected. We need to talk. And it's not just the elected. I'd like to see the cemetery committee there. Member from the cemetery committee. From the music committee. From the library committee. From the nursery. From Pulse. Have I forgotten anybody? I think there was one more out there. Decoration and hostess. All those areas that we do, we have leadership in, but yet we don't elect them. I want you there too. Because we have a plan. And we want to begin to unpack some of this and start to move us into this level of discipleship making and leadership development. It won't be perfect. So, Carol, they won't be perfect up there on the platform. But we're going to have fun with them. And we're going to see God work in our young people, in our 20s and 30s, and even in our 70s and 80-year-olds as we, the people, dedicate this wall for the glory of God to be used so that it is sounding out clearly in our community. Nehemiah chapter 13. Lots in there, lots more could be said. Somebody said to me last week, they said, you know what? I bet you could turn right around, start preaching it again from chapter one. I said, "Yeah, probably wouldn't even be the same message ever again. I mean, there's so many different vantage points from this one book. Let's stand. Let's close in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have. We thank you for each one who is a part of the people's church. We thank you for looking at this book and pulling out some various truths, but also some applications to where we live and to see how vital it is. And even as we've been talking about leadership from First Thessalonians, we see the actual illustration of it here in this book how the book fits together. We thank you. Lead us now as we go this week. May we go in the joy of the Lord. May we go out into our world and be prepared to talk to people, to show people the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.